Hello, everyone, and welcome to New Consciousness Review. I'm Miriam Knight, and our guest today is Caroline Corey. Caroline is a futurist, visionary, international speaker, author, and the founder of the Omnium Method of Healing. She has just released an extraordinary new film called I Am the Universe, I Am Love. It's a computer-generated, 3D-animated short film showing the multi-layered, interwoven maps of the universe and consciousness. This mesmerizing film lets the viewer experience the creation of the universe from the first expression of the infinite as the source of all creation. It really is quite amazing. And Caroline, I'm just delighted to welcome you. Thanks so much for having me, Miriam. It's so much fun to be here with you. Well, Caroline, um, watching the film, I see that you had a spontaneous opening to source frequency at the age of five. You, what did that feel like? It was an amazing experience. I was just kind of, you know, minding my own business, if you will, as a child. (laughs) And just all of a sudden, I felt this amazing energy next to me and I could hear it crystal clear. I just knew that there was a consciousness there. And we kind of exchanged a little bit of a dialogue there about remembering and our very first uh, connection was about asking for what you want so at the age of five you know it was it was very natural thing I didn't think it was such a big deal to be communicating with the invisible you know Uh, it was uh, much later on in life that um, that I realized it was a pretty amazing experience because I this uh, this uh, consciousness stayed with me on and off and it got bigger and bigger the experiences became much much more expanded and uh, just uh, very extraordinary I could see uh, where this consciousness came from how it was created how it was connected to the universe creation you know the whole thing of course this is in uh, uh, different different and separate um, experiences on and off until I was an adult. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Well, so. I'm, I'm impressed that you retained this openness because so many children who have these experiences then communicate to their parents who very well-meaning, but, you know, turn them off and say, oh, it's just your imagination, dear. So how was it that you were able to retain this? I did something very smart. I never told anyone. (laughs) (laughs) I just thought it was amazing. It was a lot more interesting than what my parents had to say. (laughs) And the rest of the visible world was doing that I kind of continued to connect with that amazing experience and consciousness. And I kept it alive. And there was nothing frightening about it. In fact, it felt like home. It was absolutely amazing. And so... I think that's the reason why I was able to um, keep it with me and grow with it. Um, And in fact, uh, at one point, I don't really remember exactly from what age to what age, but sometimes that consciousness would be a little bit um, less present and I would miss it. I would miss it terribly and I would feel that it, it wasn't normal to not be with it. And so that's why I just kept it alive because I just never talked about it so much until much later in life. 
<laughs> so I understand that this really was the the kind of uh, initiation of your deep connection to spirituality and and you went on to study consciousness but you ended up as a high flying creative director and producer in the entertainment industry how did that happen <laughs> go figure <laughs> well well actually um i mean we have to back up a little bit because in college i was still interested about the workings of the mind and you know how the human emotions worked and how the human mind functions. So so I studied psychology. I actually have a degree in psychology, which I never talk about and I never actually use <laughs> because my experiences, my direct experiences with consciousness and spirituality were so much bigger, so much more important and real than, uh, you know, the <laughs> my work, my studies in college. So, um, so I kind of stayed in that whole psychology, spirituality, uh, and realm for, for quite some time. But I was also into, I was very interested in music and the arts as well, because to me, it was an expression of your kind of your, your soul. It's like your soul expression here on the earth. So that's why I, I kind of, uh, found myself, um, in terms of uh, work, I found myself gravitating towards the arts, and I, I started uh, kind of directing shows. Uh, it was a first for theater performing arts, and uh, I, you know, eventually that led me to um, doing uh, producing large events and uh, concerts and things like that. So, but, you know, even though that was kind of like my day job and my real passion was to mix that with uh, my, my connection to spirit and to consciousness and spirituality, which is what I'm doing now. When you say mix that, um, were you talking about just kind of sharing your 24-hour your day, or were you actually injecting some of that spiritual consciousness into the work you were doing? Yeah, you know, I tried to do that. It doesn't really work that well when it's a corporate environment, <laughs> you know, or when... <laughs> You know, it's, it feels such like an old paradigm structure or the way uh, people kind of relate to each other. So it was a bit difficult to inject this, uh, uh, the, the understanding that I had about spirituality and connection to spirit. Um, so it was a bit of a, um, you know, I'm doing my day job as much as possible, you know, with these basic principles that I believed in, but it was difficult to really, uh, get everybody to to function at that level you know mm -hmm. uh, but it, that's why i eventually left that world and to to really be able to uh, bring spirituality through the art uh, which is what i really really wanted to do um as an expression uh, through an artistic expression, but also in the way we are creating the way we are all coming together to create a project you know Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Even from a even from a like a business point of view or logistics or anything like that, everything had to have had, had to be based on the same principle of you know love, truth, honesty. You know, it's very very difficult to have 
every aspect of a project be uh, based on these principles. And that's what I'm trying to do as much as possible, but not in the old paradigm world, you know. So uh, uh, thank God I'm, I'm where I am today. I'm very happy with it. It's, it's coming out really fantastic. So finally. <laughs> now you developed the ability to perceive subtle energy. What, what forms did that take and how did that inform your understanding of nature? So uh, that experience that I that I had at five years old, I was perceiving subtle energy. I just didn't know that I was because, again, as you well know, nobody teaches us these things. It was a spontaneous, direct experience with this consciousness, and the information just transferred organically between me and that consciousness, and back and forth. And so I could hear the communication, I could feel, and I could understand everything about this consciousness without anybody telling me about it. So that, to me, is perceiving subtle energy. So I could also see kind of what it looked like. And so um, so because I didn't kind of try to shut it off, it, it naturally developed. And the more I allowed it to be, the more I understood more and more how this whole thing worked. And um, eventually, I really wanted to... Uh, understand the mechanics. Okay, how is it? Because, of course, later on in life, I realized that not everybody was having these experiences. Not everybody could see subtle energy or perceive subtle energy. Not everybody could have a telepathic communication with an invisible consciousness. Uh, To me, it was natural, but when I grew up and I realized that not everybody had uh, uh, kept this ability alive, I wanted to understand the mechanics behind it. How was it or what was I really doing to get there, to make this spontaneous connection and interaction happen? And so after, of course, um, a long time of uh, processing the information, studying it carefully, um, you know, and, and, and really kind of going deep into the process part, not just the, the experience part, I understood that I was doing uh, spontaneously a couple of things. One was raising my vibration to a particular level, and I could see that it, it had to reach uh, almost a thousand hertz, meaning my my the cells of my body had to vibrate at a certain rate. And uh, that was the first thing that I was doing. The second thing is, um, you know, we have what we call mind channels. It's like a, you can imagine like a, uh, like a beam of light coming out of your brain, if you will. And so these, these beams of light are what we call mind channels. And so when they are aligned in a particular way, when my intent was focused and, and articulated in a particular way, when these three things happen, the vibration, the mind channel, and the intent, there was a spontaneous connection to everything pretty much, to uh, perceiving subtle energy, retrieving information uh, through subtle energy, having direct experience with pretty much whatever it is that you want. And so that's how 
eventually, once I understood the mechanics, then I, I started to kind of master it more as much as possible so, so that I could have more and more uh, precision and specificity, you know. And uh, that's how eventually it grew into something um, awesome. I mean, now my whole work is based on this, and that's how I teach others to retrieve information through this very same process. I think that's how we are made to function, really, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It sounds a bit like the mechanics behind a laser, where you take, instead of having this light scattered all over, you focus it into a very narrow beam, and then that can transmit information, and it can, you know burn away metal or whatever. So it, it's, uh, you're, you're focusing by virtue of your intent. Um, yes. How do you actually get that vibration going up to a thousand hertz and not yeah. burn up like a microwave? Well, actually, you don't. That's actually an, a natural way of being. But because we are so used to vibrating at 150 or 200 because of the food we eat, because we're always, you know, floating around in a pool of anger and frustration and confusion you know we don't know what it's like to to hang out at you know 900 800 900 hertz so actually when you are there it's absolutely fantastic it's magnificent and that's where we really should be if we want because what happens is that once you vibrate at that place you have a discernment that's amazing because you are not dragged by you know the collective pool of you know frustration and anger and confusion and this and that you're kind of beyond it and and if you're beyond it, it's kind of like you're you're standing at the top of the mountain well when you look down you see everything but when you're at the bottom you know or in the middle of it it's, it's hard for you to kind of see the whole thing and so that's the reason why you have to go to the top of the mountain raise that vibration so that you can have that discernment so you don't really burn up. It's actually a very, very easy and quite organic. Uh, it's just because, like I said, we're not taught these things. And so um, when I had these experiences spontaneously, and I really say spontaneously, Miriam, I mean, I was sometimes like uh, just uh, grocery shopping, you know. <laughs> it's, it's not like I was, I was, you know, chanting for an hour or meditating for four hours or something. And, I mean, it, I was just minding my own business and then, and then uh, in the middle of the supermarket or parking lot or something, <laughs> I would have this this amazing connection to to this consciousness. It was crystal clear, and so. I had to be doing something. I had to be functioning in a certain way. And so because, of course, it, it kind of helped to be able to see this little energy because I could see that my my vibration was being raised. I was not vibrating like the person next to me or the other people across the street or what have you. I could see that when people became angry, I could see a, a vibration dropping. It's hard to describe um, what it looks like. I mean, uh, it looks like a, if you want, if you can imagine a person, you can, you can look at their body, that's their material body. But then imagine that there is a, like a holographic figure around them. That's not the aura and that's not the energy field because some people can see some of that. But, but I'm talking about the consciousness of this person. And so 
what happens is that when this person, the material part of this person, got angry, for example, it, it, as if that holographic uh, figure that's around them, that's their consciousness, that's supposed to be very um, aligned in a certain way, it would kind of collapse in, 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 a, in a strange way. So, I mean... Again, I'm kind of simplifying. I'm just trying to give you an idea how it was very clear that when people were aligned in a certain way, that consciousness shot up in space. And I could actually see that when you are connected, those mind channels and your consciousness goes up in a certain way and connects to a particular point. That particular point is... Um, is a part of the planet that's like a zero point that holds the consciousness of the whole planet. That zero point is connected, is perfectly aligned and coherent uh, with a galactic center that is then coherent with the universal center. And so I could see the holographic kind of... Uh, um, of um, system and a holographic kind of structure, cosmic structure, and uh, that holographic structure allows us here on Earth to be connected to the entire universe at any moment of the day, any moment. Um, I mean, uh, in in an instant, because of this holographic uh, formation that happens, and so I realize that we are actually meant to be connected constantly to the center of the universe. And that's what I was doing spontaneously. Of course, I didn't know in the beginning. It was way down the road. And so because we have a universal DNA, we are made, of course, we have a DNA that's human, that makes us look the way we, we do in a physical sense. But we also have another DNA. And, and I'm sure you've seen these images online. You know, they're everywhere where... We have evidence of that. The, for example, our, you know, the neurons of, of our brain look exactly like, like a formation of galaxies, for example. Have you seen those images? Yes, I have actually. Yeah. So we are very much constructed. As well as exactly. That's exactly. But you know, my point though is it's not this as above, so below is not, or the macro micro is not a concept. It's not like a philosophy or something. It's so real uh, that my ability to perceive subtle energy, I mean, I could see exactly how we are in this uh, beautiful energetic matrix that keeps us connected all the time to the intelligence of the universe. And so, yeah. And so, and so, so I realized that when, when we, when we are aligned in a particular way, we raise our vibration to a certain level, we align our mind channels specifically to that point. Then we, it's almost like we're tapped into the brain of the universe, if you will. And at the same time, because we are in a human form, we are meant to bring that consciousness into this human form. I mean, that's the point. Because if we are here on Earth and we're supposed to totally disconnect from everything else, then, you know, I mean, that's what we, we end up doing. We disconnect from our bigger consciousness and we end up, you know, uh, raising kids, having a house, having a nice job, making a lot of money, and then realizing that wasn't it, you know, mm -hmm. because we have not 
truly understood that connection. We have not nurtured this connection. We have not maintained this connection. Hmm. And so, so, yeah. so we're kind of like step down transformers of universal energy. Exactly. And it's magnificent. It's absolutely amazing because everything starts to take a different, you start to have a different perspective on, on everything because, you know, your daily journey changes, your daily perception of, 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 you know, human life changes, uh, your perception on what you're doing every day changes. You realize actually that all you have to do is maintain that connection. It's as simple as that. We are, in fact, our first purpose is to show up as human in this human form, but to maintain uh, that connection so that the universe continues to create through us, if you will, or as we create anything at all. It doesn't have to be some major, you know, like a project or something. Anything that we are doing, let's say you're just a mother taking care of your kid, that's, that is a human expression that the universe never had. Now it can have it through you. But if you don't have that connection to the universe, that it doesn't have anything, and you are not contributing to the creation process. You're not evolving the universe, if that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense, actually. Yeah. <laughs> now, um, you actually describe the concept of multiverses. So are there multiple universes or multiple layers of the universe? How does that all work? It's both. You know, it's very, very complex. As soon as we kind of leave the planetary, the linear way of thinking, it becomes very multidimensional. It's like I said, it's a kind of holographic, but it's so complex. It's very difficult for the human mind to understand in a linear way. That's why we have to have a direct experience. Because what happens is that that's what was happening for me too spontaneously is that I was switching from a linear way of thinking to a full brain experience. This means that I, 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 you could see the whole hologram all at once, but it's difficult to kind of then come back and describe it in a linear way. And so that's why all of these experiences have to happen with that switch. And it's as if your full brain kind of expands 360 degrees to understand all this multidimensionality. So, so that was what was happening for me is that, uh, you know, it's not like, you know, how it's kind of funny when I watch sometimes, you know, the science or the, um, the, the, the cosmology here or how we, you know, first we go to the moon and then we create uh, bigger rockets to go a little bit further. Then we go to Mars then we go to the next one and then we're going to Saturn. It's like very linear in our exploration of space. But, you know, it, that's not how it really is <laughs> because these planets are positioned within a hologram. And, you know, it, it's kind of like we have to go at it 360 degrees all at once. So there's no single machine that allows us to see the edge of the universe in that way. So all this to say uh, that my experiences uh, about the universe had to happen when I was switching to this full brain and expanding in a holographic, in a holographic uh, way, if you will, in this multidimensional way. And when you do that, you realize that there is this one universe that's multilayered that is then contained uh, within 
other universes, but also that are, there are actual other universes, all are contained within a multiverse, and that is held by a central universe, uh, then, you know, there's seven... Mil- I mean, it's like it keeps going and going and going, <laughs> you know? So I tried to describe that in my book, actually, my my the books that I've written. I describe and I kind of drew in a 2D way on a piece of paper, you know, <laughs> that whole uh, structure, you know, as much as possible. And that's what I also tried to do a little bit in the film as much as possible. But... But uh, so definitely there are an infinite number of universes and it goes on and on. And what's so fun, sometimes we explore these universes and worlds um, in the classes through the meditation. It's just so fun because, uh, um, for example, in the classes now my students are starting to have you know, precision and clarity with, with this type of work. And they can really see different universes that are so different and uh, uh, with a lot of precision. So it, it's, it's a lot of fun when you understand the process and start to, to train yourself to function in this way. There's so much to understand and so much to explore. It's, it's, it's pretty amazing. Now, you <laughs> developed uh, a methodology uh, for helping your students arrive at that, uh, you call it the Omnium Method, uh, with a capital O, capital M, Neom yes. Method. <laughs> um, what what is it? What what are the principles behind it? Well, the principles is everything I just uh, described so far. Meaning, we are contained in a holographic creation and so everything is connected to everything so omnium actually means that you are a part of a whole you are never separate you are the whole and so and the 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 first thing that is required or that we base everything on is this connection so i created the um, the uh, meditation called connecting to source and by the way, it's on my website in several languages now, and it's totally free of charge. People can just go and, and you know, uh, explore and uh, try that. And uh, so that's kind of the hold first... It, hold it, hold it, and your website is? Ah, <laughs> it's Omnium, O-M-N-I-U-M, Universe, OmniumUniverse.com. Okay, carry so, yeah. on. <laughs> so uh, they can just go, I think, to the healing center and they will see that meditation right there. And um, so that's the, the first thing that you have to start with. Because, again, like I said earlier, if you don't have that exact mind channel alignment, uh, plugging yourself exactly into uh, the center of the universe, then it's almost like you're, you're not plugged in. So that's the first thing. And that um, immediately raises your vibration as well. So we start with the connecting to source and then the the methods are, I mean you know of course it's applicable for healing for learning for all sorts of things and so the omnium method of healing is is basically about realigning your physical body with your universal body because it's it's you know you you're understanding the the bigger context and within that are many tools it's not just one tool of course there's the intent we talk about how 
you know, you focus your mind in a particular way to create. That's one thing. But there's also using universal light, universal vibration, specific vibration to do certain things in the form of light. There are specific vibrations in the form of sound. There's geometry. There's, I mean, um, universal calibration. There's gravity pull. There's zero point alignment. There's time suspension. (laughs) This is based on the premise that your cellular memory contains the template of your perfect, healthy body. Correct. And you kind of lose that. So... Tell us about cellular memory. Exactly. So cellular memory, it's interesting you bring that up because I just did a workshop on that. And um, it's actually pretty scary because, you know, when we arrive here in human form until the age of three, uh, we are all we're doing is basically pa- uh, uh, building up our cellular memory. So it's almost like we see something in this human form and then we're putting it in a memory bank for future use. And we continue to do that. And so the cellular memory is actually um, tiny little cells that are part of the membrane of the cell. And this is where the information is contained. So when you see something, um, the cells... The, the cell membrane of your eye are uh, retaining the memory of the light waves of the object you just perceived. But in your hippocampus part of your brain, you are now uh, storing the cellular memory, the, uh, the memory of the information in, in, uh, in the membrane of the cell of the hippocampus. I don't know if this is too technical or necessary. This this actually um, is very much along the lines of the interview I did with Bruce Lipton just a few weeks ago. Oh, okay. uh, Who who wrote uh, The Biology of Belief. And uh, uh, he is a cell biologist who supports uh, exactly what you're saying. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So the the thing is, what's happening, though... Uh, there's a bit of an echo on the line, or is it on my end? No, sounds fine. Okay. okay. So, um, what is happening is that uh, as we grow up, uh, the information uh, that is happening to us, let's say we get, uh, I don't know, we see a dog and then we get scared. So, we create a belief system that says, um, you know, dogs are scary, for example. So that piece of information is then stored in the hippocampus, which is, you know, holds all this short memory and long-term memory um, so for future use, if you will. And But what happens is that we, by the age of, I don't know, 10 or, or, or 15, um, um, by the age of uh, 10 or 15, we have now accumulated tens of thousands of belief systems without knowing it. And we are then creating our reality based on on all these beliefs. But these beliefs were probably uh, created or um, stored there in our cellular memory um, 
for our, are stored there and um, without our knowledge they become unconscious subconscious and that's why uh, they were based on some fear we've had or something like that so so that's why we start to create our reality based on these unconscious beliefs and they're based on fear based on separation so on and so forth so with this method with the omnium healing method is we go back to the root cause when was it the very first time that you stored that information in your cellular memory? Uh, and we have to take it out at the, at the root because if we don't, then it will continue reoccurring. That's why we, ha we create patterns. We create the same situations over and over. So with the, healing, with the Omnium Healing Method, first we do the connection to source. We take, we put the physical body, physical cells within the universal context. That's the first thing. Raise the vibration, then go to the root cause of the issue. But then what I was starting to talk about was, okay, now that we know the root cause, let's say at the age of one, you created the very first belief system that then created a bunch of other ones later on. But then how do you undo it? And this is where the Omnium Method is very unique, I think, and very uh, kind of fun. Because there's not only one way to release this, um, uh, this particular block. I noticed that some people are not going to let go of this block until they know exactly what happened and why. So, you know, they're not going to, if you just take it away and some people say, you know, just think of that it's gone. Well, they're not going to let go. They're going to want to know. <laughs> how this happened before they let go of it. And so that's why sometimes you can't clear things for people. Sometimes you need to use specific intent. You have to make them repeat the intent. You have to tell them the whole story. So there's that. But we also sometimes just use light. Sometimes we use entrainment. Sometimes we use zero point. So the Omnia method of healing has... A whole portfolio, if you will, of tools. So it's very fun and interesting because now the facilitator is not just kind of repeating the same method for every single person for every single uh, problem. For every single person, they're having to specifically watch the cell undo uh, the block. And for example, for this first layer, they're using intent. But then as the cell shifts to the next layer, maybe here the facilitator will use light and then when it shifts to the next layer it's using geometry and so on and so forth so now you have it's like a painter you know using different colors to, to complete your picture um, so so it's it's very it contains uh, many different tools that are very very sophisticated and, and interesting and fun great now time is passing so let's talk about this very interesting <laughs> film um, what inspired you to create a 3D computer-generated graphic animated representation of the creation of the universe? Yes, because, you know, as I was teaching all these principles, you know, I have this uh, one-year program called, a uh, course called Mastering the Human Mind. And as I'm teaching these healing methods, you know, I, I, I see uh, my students and, and different people having these experiences. And their experiences is great. But to understand this consciousness of creation and this and that, it's a lot of work. It's massive, you know. They're, they're always kind of receiving massive amounts of information and it's unfolding over days and days they're like knocked out you know 
<laughs> and, and so I realized that not everybody can do this. Not everybody can sit and, and process all this information. So I thought, how can I make this very powerful, amazing undoing of the human stuff, realigning to the universal blueprint, to the source connection? How can I make it accessible to the average person who maybe does not need to understand all these mechanics? Maybe does not have to, you know? And But I didn't want to compromise uh, the whole consciousness, the information. So... I started by creating short videos. So what I did is I, I took some very, like I was explaining, the, the healing method is very complex and very kind of um, specific, you know. So I took all these tools and I uh, put them in, in short videos and in, in such a way that the colors in the video, the sound, the, the, the tone of the voice or what have you, delivered exactly an entire healing session for example so this entire healing session was now uh, being um, delivered in the form of um, a, a visual like an audio visual kind of thing a, a video that looked very pleasant to look at so in this one minute you are basically in training yourself you're basically receiving this entire session and I thought hmm I'm going to try that and see what happens. And sure enough, we tried it in the classes and in, in, in different events. And people were just kind of watching these short videos and they were clearing things right and left so quickly, so easily. It was amazing. People with headaches, people with chronic this and that, people with, you know, um, whatever issue they had, they were just kind of um, tuning in. I mean, just watching these short videos, they were very pleasant and fun and, and clearing these things so easily without having to sit through an entire session. And I realized this is huge. So I, I made them in the form of apps and to have them accessible. And then, of course, I wanted to go to the next level. I thought, I thought, okay, now what if it's not just about healing, clearing something in your body? What if through entrainment we tell the story? We tell the story of this holographic connection we have with the universe. We tell the entire story of, you know, as much as possible, of the, you know, that, that source connection, the, the beginning, the, the what consciousness looks like feels like all the experiences that I had I wanted to put them um, in this in this film uh, as a consciousness not as me telling people you know this is this like a narration type thing so we kind of implanted I, I, I implanted all these experiences that I've had all this understanding that I've had um, into these images and um, and and uh, I think it came out great I don't know what you know you saw it so so it's that, really very powerful to watch I, I would agree yeah because what's happening is it's through entrainment. All you have to do is put your consciousness in contact with that consciousness and the information gets transferred organically, which is exactly what happened to me at the age of five. The communication, the energy transfer that happened between me and that consciousness was organic. I knew that that is how we are supposed to receive information. 
And so that's that's how I, I wrote this uh, short film. It's kind of my first attempt, but you know, 3D animation is very complex. So 45 minutes is, is quite a lot. And uh, I made that, that one about understanding the, like I said, um, our connection to the entire universe and how we remain connected and a bit of a kind of uh, hopefully a remembrance of how we got here, how we incarnated and how we can remain connected, um, you know, using these 3D animation um, images. Mm -hmm. Uh, And, and, you know, we just did a a showing, the very first showing in the Netherlands uh, about a month ago. And how did they respond? Uh, Amazing, you know, and I think, you know, the Dutch are quite uh, (laughs) kind of very um, analytical. So it was a bit of a, I thought it it could be, it could be a bit of a challenge if they don't just kind of allow it to be what it is, you know. And it was amazing, Miriam. I mean, like, uh, I could feel the energy in the room just kind of open everybody up. People were, I could feel they were like in awe <laughs> because because uh, you saw the film. So the images are kind of mesmerizing. It's, it's, so if you just allow yourself to be mesmerized, you your your vibration just rises up, I mean, very organically and you start to have these experiences. So we had a huge, huge, um, I mean, we had a great turnout, first of all, and people just uh, absolutely loved it. We had amazing comments at the end, and so many people wanted to, to have the film afterwards. I mean, it, it, until now, I still receive emails about uh, how many uh, amazing experiences they've had. So it's definitely working. It definitely, definitely works. So I'm very, very happy about that. So uh, what are the plans that you have for the film? Are you expecting to bring it out in a DVD or something? Well, it's already on a DVD and Blu-ray, uh, but it's it, right now it's available as a rental. So people can just go to the website. They can watch the trailer, by the way. Uh, even the trailer by itself is quite powerful. And uh, they can just... Um, uh, rent it and um, enjoy that and uh, what we're going to do is we're going to do a lot of live screenings because you know there's nothing like watching something like this on a big screen with the big sound it's in because it's it's immersive type entertainment it's you know uh, that the visuals and the audio are very important Um, so we're going to be doing some screenings like in New York, in California. Uh, but in the meantime, people can just watch it on their computer if, if they want to, or they can just wait for the next uh, live event. And then we're going to put the DVDs out for sale also pretty soon. Mm-hmm. Um, I understand you actually have plans to create 360-degree domes. Definitely, yes. I mean, that's the idea. This is already... Um, immersive entertainment type entertainment and so if uh, a great venue for that would also be domes and of course with surround vision surround sound so we're definitely working on that as well Mm -hmm. you have a broader agenda with omnium entertainment can you tell us about it 
Yes, I mean, we're going to continue growing because, like I said, I started with these short videos and I saw how uh, impactful they were, how well they worked. You know, they were just amazing. Uh, so with the apps and now the short film, and I want to continue doing, for example, um, uh, the, the next thing that, uh, that we want to focus on is video games because we know that is also huge. And the idea is to uh, let also the younger people, you know, get into that kind of stuff so that... Well, wouldn't uh, that be refreshing to have a video game that isn't based on violence and killing? I know, I know. So um, that's what I'm trying to do is, you know, it's like if, if uh, those people, I mean, those younger people can uh, just have a sense of... Um, um, just have a sense of how magnificent, uh, you know, these experiences could be. And, you know, maybe bring another kind of uh, concept about what spirituality really is, you know. And I have to say, a lot of, actually, we did have some people in the audience who had children. Um, and now people emailing me about their children and uh, a little bit like older, I mean, like in the 16, 18 years old also. They're actually very much appreciating the 3D animation thing. And that's another reason why I did it this way because I wanted it to be very visually stimulating mm-hmm. so that uh, so that people would kind of start to think that this is cool you know it's fun and it doesn't have to be about blowing things up <laughs> you know well I can I can attest to the fact that it is very cool indeed very cool indeed um, do you have any further films in mind Definitely. (laughs) Yes, but I think the next one would be a a longer version, like more of a feature film type thing. And so I'm still uh, writing the script right now. So it's it's still at that stage. But uh, uh, I definitely feel that this is the future of entertainment. let's, Let's say transformational entertainment. To me, it's intelligent entertainment that has nothing to do with, you know, to me, you know what? It's about, um, I, I kind of got bored with watching the same human drama. You know, it's always about somebody getting killed, somebody getting lost, losing a loved one, somebody. I mean, it's like always the same story, just with a different actor, with a different, you know, <laughs> set or whatever. And yeah, I think, I, I mean, I, I hope, I don't know. But to me, when I looked in the future, I see a time where I think humans are going to get bored watching themselves, their own stories, uh, you know, on the screen over and over and over I don't know I got bored so um, I'm hoping that they will start to look for um, things that are not necessarily based on the human drama that are based on expansion about consciousness exploring um, consciousness in a new way, exploring the universe in a new way, uh, the cosmos new way, uh, the invisible worlds and all that in a new way. So that's what I'm, you know, I'm, I'm heading. I'm, I'm trying to, to, to start that whole thing um, trend, I hope, you know. Let's see how it goes. <laughs> Let's hope it catches on. Uh, <laughs> You know, I, I have the sense that uh, the time is ripe for this kind of thing. You know, as instead of same old, same old violence, we're talking about new frontiers. It's like uh, 
our minds uh, heading out into the cosmos without benefit of rocket ship. Exactly. And you know what? It's like, um, it's not, it doesn't matter. I mean, I had this vision a while back. I feel this is the right time. And I'm seeing that a lot of people who are kind of, if you want to call it mainstream or whatever, are getting into it. They're actually thinking it's pretty cool stuff, you know? So, so, you know, I think to me, I feel like I'm going to put it out there. We have to put it out there. We have to just speak what we truly believe in and whatever, you know, whenever that catches on, it catches on, you know, it's, you know, and it's not just about violence. To me, it's, it's just, um, uh, the drama, you know, because it's always, you know, h- how we are stuck in our emotional stories and we can't get out of them, you know, and, and everything is about, uh, you know, this person, it's just very, um, I don't know how to say it. it's, it's very, uh, human but to me it's not the intelligent human to me the intelligent human can put this human experience uh, into a much bigger picture i think we are universal citizens we're not just about you know the girlfriend who left and the boyfriend who did this mm-hmm. and the, we're it not sounds, it sounds like you're talking about you know raise going up through the chakras so it's not just the survival and the power and the sex but it's moving up into the concerns of love and and expression and creativity Exactly. And thinking more uh, in a bigger way, in a collective way, in an altruistic way, in an expanded way. To me, that's the evolved human. And so I I think that if anyone has a chance to influence that, uh, you do, Caroline. It sounds like you have been really dedicating your your work in this direction so i would like to uh, commend caroline's film i am the universe i am love to you all and you can find it on her website omniumuniverse.com that's o m n i u m universe.com so we've been speaking with Caroline Corey, and I want to thank you so much for being with us today from southern France, I might add. Yes, right now I'm sitting in southern France. Uh, <laughs> uh, thank you so much for having me. If I may, uh, just a quick note. The film actually has its own website. I apologize. It is omniummedia.com, if that's okay. Absolutely. Omniummedia.com. Thank yes. you. Thanks so much. Next week, our guest will be John Hunter, the inspired educator and author of World Peace and other fourth grade achievements. Well, friends, I am delighted to tell you that NCR Radio has just received the 2013 Visionary Award for the Best Internet Radio Show. It was given by Cover, the Coalition of Visionary Resources, and announced at the International New Age Trade Show, INATS, in Denver last weekend. My partners in this award are, of course, all the wonderful guests on NCR Radio whose work and vision are truly changing the world. And now, for our track of the week, selected by our friends at the Positive Music Association. Get your groove on for Lotus Flower by Jennifer Farron and Nathan Aswell.
was Lotus Flower by Jennifer Farron from Atlanta and Canadian artist Nathan Aswell. It's from the new CD album, The Co-Writes, featuring songs co-written by Jennifer and colleagues such as Nathan Aswell, Janice Stanfield, Freebo, Richard McDetchy, Sue Riley, Faith Rivera, and lots more. Jennifer has just stepped down from being a church music director after 25 years and is taking her music ministry out into the greater community. Check her website for details of when she might be coming to a town near you. It's jenniferferrin.com. That's J-E-N-N-I-F-E-R-F-E-R-R-E-N.com. Nathan's website is nathanaswell.com. That's N-A-T-H-E-N-A-S-W-E-L-L.com. And if you'd like to learn more about the Positive Music Association or perhaps to join, go to PositiveMusicAssociation.com. If you're already paddling around the web, dive into our website at ncreview.com to check out the latest books, films, and CDs that we've brought together to inform and inspire you. Well, that's it for our show today. I hope you'll join us next week. Until then, I'm Miriam Knight for New Consciousness Review. Thank you for listening. Goodbye.